your hands to him. Father, we honor you. We give you glory and praise and honor. We thank you for the spirit of God that dwells inside of us. Lord, that, that we as children of God are temples of the, of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we're so honored to, to be able to call you our father. We're so honored to be able to come and stand before you with confidence. And Lord, this confidence has nothing to do with anything we've ever done or anything we ever could do. We know that the confidence we have to stand before you is strictly on the basis of the blood of your son. Hallelujah. The blood that has washed us and cleansed us. The blood that has set us, uh, uh, set, set us apart from our sin as far as the east is from the west. And Lord, we glorify you tonight and we thank you for, for speaking to our hearts today. Lord, we come with hungry hearts, hungry hearts, hungry to know you, hungry to hear your word, hungry to, uh, to commune with you, and, and Lord, to, to, uh, to, to sense the, the voice of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Hallelujah. We give you glory and praise. We expect great things. Lord, you, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. We come hungry tonight and we believe we truly will be filled because you are a God of your word. You keep your word. We honor you and glorify your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Say hi to somebody before you take your seat tonight. Amen. Glory to God. Good to see all of you. And we are all glad that today is warmer than yesterday. Hey, thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, you, you know, I, this is not one of the verses that I uh, wanted to uh, talk about tonight. But as we were praying, uh, there was just a sense inside that, uh, that we need to go here first. And it's First John chapter 4. Verse four, and so sound booth. If you got, if you can get that, that's fine. If not, no worries, because uh, if you got your Bible, you can look it up. If you got your phone, look it up. First John, chapter four, verse four. Very important for. Uh, I, I believe this can be a real good foundation for what we're talking about here tonight. And, and this verse says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Now, the them there is the, the spirit of Antichrist that he was just talking about earlier in the chapter. So you are of God, little children, and have overcome the, the spirit of the Antichrist in this world because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. That never gets old, somebody. Somebody say it again. Say it with me. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. One more time. He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We're going to personalize it now. He who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. Well, who's in the world? Well, in the context of that particular verse, it's talking about the spirit of Antichrist that's in the world. We also recognize Satan being the God of this world, not the big G, the little G, but, but he is the God of this world and his time of uh, functioning in that way will expire. That's not going to last forever. Because there's coming a day when the kingdoms of our, uh, the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. Somebody conduct the orchestra as you think about Handel's beautiful music as you quote that verse. He shall reign forever and ever. 
So, so he who is in the world is the devil. We, we understand that. He who is in you is the spirit of God. The spirit of God dwells inside of us as believers. And what I'd like to talk to you about tonight, and uh, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> I want to talk about the Holy Spirit's impact in our lives. The Holy Spirit's impact in our lives. Now, now the thing is, is that he impacts us in so many ways. There's no way that we're going to go ahead and go through every particular way and nuance of how he impacts us in one night. That's not possible. I'm not sure it's possible to really go through that in a lifetime. But I'll tell you this. Well, uh, I believe that the Lord wants to highlight some things tonight. And, uh, and we're just going to go ahead and believe him together. I'm going to go ahead and, and trust him for this and you trust him for the same thing. That he's going to go ahead and highlight the particular things that he knows need to be emphasized and highlighted at this particular moment in time. Amen. Glory to God. I trust him for that. Are you with me? Amen. But uh, one thing I want to uh, 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 say to you tonight is that uh, in the way that Jesus is God's gift to the world, of course, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, in the same way that Jesus is God's gift to the world, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. Once again, in the same way that Jesus is God's gift to the world, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. Now, what's the difference between the world and the church? Well, the, the world would include everybody. The world would include every human being, every man, every woman. But the church is is actually from a Greek word, ecclesia, and it means called out ones. That means they're still in the world, but they were called out in the world, but not of it, like Jesus said. Those who are in the world, but as John said in 1 John, they don't love the world and they don't love the things that are in the world. So, so we, we see this, that the, the, the Holy Spirit is God's gift to the church. Those who are his called out ones, those have, who have responded to his call, those who have heard the call, heard the knock on the door, and opened the door to let him come in. Amen. Now, let, let's take a look at some verses of scripture that communicate this idea to us of the Holy Spirit being a gift to us, God's gift to the church. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. And, and Jesus started off by saying, asking, uh, it will be given to you, seeking you'll find, knocking it will be opened to you. And then he elaborated on uh, what natural fathers would do for their children. You know, that natural fathers, if if, if they're, a uh, child was asking for some food. They want to give him something poisonous. A good father wouldn't do that. Neither would our heavenly father do that. And Jesus wrapped up the statement by saying this. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit? To those who ask him. That is amazing. Your, our Heavenly Father gives the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And one thing that, that, that I have, oh, glory to God. I have noticed in myself, you know, because God deals with you and corrects you about things. And, you know, if you get off the track, he knows how to get you back on the track. Uh, 
this, the, the idea of asking for the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time thing, but a continual seeking of his manifestation, a continual pursuit of, of him, and a desire to be available to him so that he can flow through you, manifest himself through you, manifest his gifts through you. This is not like, well, I, yeah, I got the Holy Ghost and I spoke in tongues back in 98 and I've been good ever since. <laughs> you know, in 98 was great, but we're a long way from 98 now. As a matter of fact, I will tell you this, that in Acts chapter 2, it said that those who were gathered together in the upper room there in Jerusalem, the same place where they had the last supper together, where, where, where Jesus took the bread and said, this is my body, took the cup and said, this is my blood, right there in that very room, that same room. There was the day of Pentecost. And those followers of Jesus who were gathered there were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But in Acts chapter 4, two chapters later, it describes the same bunch once again being filled with the Spirit. So that means that you experiencing a feeling of the spirit is not just a one-time thing. It's something you experience once and you go back for more and you can go back for more. And if I could quote the founding pastor of this church for a moment, the reason why you need to be refilled is because you leak. We can leak. <laughs> we can expand spiritual energy. You can have gas in the tank, woo, fired up, ready to go. And then you're going through life and, and you're dealing with things and dealing with situations. And, and uh, you know, uh, you, you might have used half the tank trying to love that person. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Lord. <laughs> you half a, half a tank of the Holy Spirit trying to love that person. And, and, and you, you get to the point where you say, I need to get myself refilled again. Thank God we can be refilled because the Bible clearly stated that the same crew who in one chapter of the book of Acts in chapter 2 were filled were also filled again in chapter 4. And if they needed it, we needed to. And the idea of a continual pursuit, as a matter of fact, you know, the, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, to desire spiritual gifts. So this idea of, of asking the Father for, for the Holy Spirit or for the things of the Spirit is a continual pursuit. Now, now you're not asking or desiring spiritual gifts so that you can look all spiritual and stuff and have everybody say, wow, look at them. Always remember... You want to have an effective prayer life, bottom line, heart motive. Heart motive, right? That, that is a absolutely uh, a, a pivotal thing to be in place to have an effective prayer life. So when you ask the Lord for these things, are you asking the Lord these things because you want to be somebody? <laughs> you, you want to be looked at as, oh, that's one of the spiritual ones at the church, uh, you know, uh, uh, you, you know that that that's Sister Deep and and, and you know and and Brother Move Mountain, you know, and uh, any other kind of name you want to give, but but it, it's not about us. This is about Him. This is about us being in the best position for Him to flow through us. And what's the end result of that? Jesus said like this. He said, "Let your light." So shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify you. No, that's not the end. 
that the Lord has in his mind. He said he wants them to see your good works, but glorify your father, which is in heaven. So in this way, he he wants people to go ahead and receive and be blessed by the spirit of God flowing through you. But not so they could say ooh and ah about you and not so they could pat you on the back, but they could glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So he is a gift. So that that line there, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask him? Hallelujah. Go to John 7. This is another very interesting thing, talking about the Holy Spirit being a gift. John 7, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus spoke concerning the spirit. And how did he speak concerning him? That out of your heart, would flow rivers of living water. Wow, glory to God forever. Now think about this, that that was not the only situation where Jesus was talking about water. There's two places in the Gospel of John where he talked about water inside of you. One was where the woman at the well was talking to Jesus, the Samaritan woman at the well, uh, Jacob's well. In John chapter 4, and, uh, and, and Jesus made this statement, and he may have pointed right at the well when he said it. He who drinks of this water will thirst again. But the one who drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst again. But that water will be in him a, 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 a spring of living water flowing up into everlasting life. You remember that? Uh, you know, it's absolutely amazing to think about the fact that inside of us is that very thing Jesus described. Those of us who are followers of Jesus, that have put our faith and trust in him and have received the gift of eternal life, you have that inside of you. Uh, a, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. But that's not all. Because over in John 7 is what we just read here. So you've got a well of water springing up inside of you, but he also talked about you having a river of living water that's flowing out of you. Hallelujah. And I want both dimensions of the work of the Spirit in my life. I don't want to be just satisfied with the well. No, I want to have the well and the river. That means the well springing up inside of me, and thank God for that, what a blessing, but, but I want to go ahead and have the river that flows out of me because God is not just intending for you to be a, a pool that the water pours into and stagnates. No, God wants to go ahead and give you enough to supply what you need, but also to have it flowing to you so it can flow through you and be a blessing in somebody else's life. When you have the fullness of the rivers of living water flowing out of you, they're going somewhere else. They're going to somebody else. They're, 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 they're blessing you as they flow through you, but you're not the final destination. It's going to somebody else. And it'll bless them as it flows to them, but it's not the final destination either. God's intention was for that river to keep on flowing and flowing and flowing. And flowing. Hallelujah. And so we don't want to be, like I said, a pool where the living water stagnates. No, we want it to come and refresh us and go through us and to others to refresh others. Hallelujah. Now we can spend a little more time talking about the the gift uh, of the Holy Spirit. There's actually lots of scripture that, that makes that clear that the Holy Spirit is a gift. But we're going to go ahead and jump ahead. And uh, 
Let, let me say this to you. Uh, you know, the, the, uh, Jesus talked about us asking the Father and that he would give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. But how do you receive the gift? We know we can ask. And we know that uh, if a natural father would give good gifts to their children, then how much more would our heavenly father give good gifts to them that ask him? But how do you receive things from God? Well, the Bible is very, very clear. As a matter of fact, I want you to go ahead and look at this with me. This is Galatians 3, and we'll read the 13th and the 14th verse. How can we receive the gift of the Spirit? Galatians 3, 13 to 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. There is no such thing as somebody who's going to follow Jesus who's not putting their faith in Jesus. (laughs) Those two don't coexist. If you're following him, that's because you're putting your faith in him. That's because you realize his superiority. You realize the the fact that uh, 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 there's lots of people out there who can't be trusted. The, The person in the mirror can't be trusted. But this Jesus, he can be trusted. I can put my faith in him. I can trust his word. I can know that anything that he says, you can take it to the bank because he is, uh, uh, he, he's one, uh, as, and uh, the character of God as it's put out in scripture, he's not, not a, a man that he should lie. He's not the son of man that he should repent. Now, Jesus obviously became uh, the God man, Thank God he did, otherwise we wouldn't be able to be saved, so thank God he did become that. But but he was not operating as a fallen man who would lie. No, as a matter of fact, every word he spoke was the truth. As a matter of fact, if you ask Jesus, where, where can I find the truth? He said, you don't have to look any further. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Amen. So we receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So when we go to the Father and we inquire, Lord, I really want the Holy Spirit. If you're not yet filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know, synonymous terms, uh, and you want to be, you can go to the Father and you can ask him for that and he will give you that. He will give you that. And let me say it like this. Not only will, will he, he, he give you that if you're asking in faith, but, but Jesus said something very clear. You can know for sure that if you go to the Father, you're getting the real thing and not something phony. That's why Jesus prefaced what he said in, in that verse in, in Luke uh, Uh, chapter 11 that we uh, read earlier, he said, if you were to ask your father uh, for uh, an egg, would he give him a serpent? Or if if you're asking for bread, will he offer him a a scorpion? In in other words, you're asking for something that's good and healthy. Is he going to give you something that's poisonous? No, because our father's not like that. He's not like that. When you ask him, for the real thing, you get the real thing. Some people have sought uh, uh, sought God about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they've been concerned about whether they are uh, uh, whether what they got is the real Holy Spirit, or if uh, if they're just you know playing playing around and 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 you know, or, or they got some other kind of spirit. People really have these kind of concerns. Jesus, knowing that in advance, addressed that concern, said, if you ask the Father for the real thing, of course he's going to give you the real thing. He's not going to give you a serpent when you're asking for an omelet. 
He's not going to go ahead and give you a, uh, a scorpion when you're asking for a piece of bread. No, when you ask for the good Holy Spirit, the, the, the good gift that God gives, because every gift that he gives is good and perfect, that's the very one you're going to get. You're not going to get a counterfeit spirit. You're not going to get a funny spirit or a weird spirit. No, you're going to get the very thing you ask for. You ask for the spirit of God. He gives you the spirit of God. But ask in faith. We receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Through faith. And a big part of this faith is faith in his character. Just like Jesus described his character in that portion of scripture we were just talking about. That that you got to give God more credit than some earthly guy who's not going to go ahead and try to poison his children. Jesus said if earthly fathers would go ahead and, and, and not be doing harm to their children, not be, uh, uh, you know, giving them things that will hurt them when they're asking their daddy for something to help them. If a natural father's like that, Jesus said, well, how much more is God like that? Not how much less, how much more? Praise the Lord. And so faith in his character, wow. And faith that this is absolutely not just his gift to Joe down the street or Maria around the corner, but know that you, whoever you are, whether you are known or not known, you are known in heaven. If you walked in the house tonight and think, I don't think anybody else in the building knows me, God knows you and recognizes you. If you're a believer in Jesus and a follower of Jesus, he recognizes you as his son or his daughter. And, and, and so, so therefore, the, the, the issue is, is settled that you can with confidence go to your father and know that he longs for you to have all the good things that he's got for you. But the number one gift besides salvation itself, and remember Jesus is God's gift to the world, but you've received Jesus. Yeah, if, you, if you are now following him, if you've now put your faith in him and, 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 and uh, uh, claimed him as your Lord, claimed him as your Savior, and, and now you're pursuing him, well, yep, you've got Jesus, but now God wants you to have all of him there is to have. <laughs> he gave you Jesus, God's gift to the world, but now he wants to give you the Holy Spirit. God's gift to the church and it is absolutely the will of the father for you to have him and for him to be at work in your life and manifesting in your life and not just for your benefit but for the benefit of others 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Not to select ones, but to each one. And why is it given? For the profit of all. You see that? That means God wants to flow his spirit through you and allow his spirit to manifest through you in a way that would bring profit to everybody around you. So that means, like we said, it doesn't just flow to you and stop. No, it flows to you, so it could flow through you. Or should I say he flows to you, so he can flow through you. And then go ahead and be a blessing and a prophet to others around you. Prophet, P-R-O-F-I-T. That's why I pointed to the screen there. Just in case you didn't notice that. <laughs> Let's keep reading. Verse 8. For the one is given the word of wisdom 
through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith. And, and really, there's translations that would render that special faith. Uh, a moment in time where you have so much confidence that God's going to go ahead and do something right at that moment that nothing in the world can talk you out of it. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the self-same Spirit works all these things. Distributing to each one individually as he wills. So think about this. If we were to highlight verse 7 and then verse 11. Go back to verse 7 again. Right in the same chapter. And uh, that says the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Someone say each one. Each one. So that means that the Lord would desire to manifest his spirit through each one of you. Now, it's interesting uh, when talking about the manifestations of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, a lot of times uh, we have put that in such a little box. <laughs> we have only thought about that in the context of a service at the local church. All right, and somebody speaks in tongues and then they interpret what was said in tongues or somebody else interprets it or somebody uh, speaks a word of prophecy, uh, which is uh, edification, exhorting, comforting the congregation or, or, or somebody thinks of the word of knowledge as, uh, you know, the, the minister would say, there's somebody here. Uh, in such and such a situation and you've just had this happen to you and uh, if you come down here, the Lord will heal you right now, you know. Uh, uh, but, but we've thought so much of the gifts of the Spirit only in the context of a church service. And I want you to know tonight that God wants to break that paradigm, that limited little box that we've limited his gifts and manifestations to, and to let you know that he wants these to flow anywhere you might be. He wants these to flow in Walmart. He wants these to flow in the parking lot. He wants these to flow at Panera and Starbucks and Dunkin' and everywhere else. He's not limited to this. So we have to break uh, like traditional ideas of the way that we think, well, the gifts of the Spirit, they happen like this. And if it's not that, you know, then, then we don't think of it in such terms. And, and you know, uh, and we think of it also in terms of being ooey-gooey and spectacular. And some things are spectacular. There's no denying that. But, but, but we, we've, uh, we can't miss the moments when, when the Lord would point somebody out to you and say, just go ahead and tell them this. And you think, well, Lord, that seems pretty simple. That doesn't seem to be like lightning shooting out the sky or anything. But, but our job is to not argue with the Lord about whether we're going to or not. Your, your job is to just do what we are told to do. Isn't that Right? Who's the head of the church? Jesus is. <laughs> we get orders from headquarters. We carry out the orders. You know, it, it's, it's not a matter of fussing with him about it or arguing with him about it. Just obey him. So, so uh, the Lord points somebody out to you and, and says, say this to them. Or, or, uh, uh, or, or, or somebody who, who is, uh, uh, you, you, you see, they may be walking a certain way or, or they, they may have a, a, a clear physical something going on. And sometimes it may not be that clear what's going on with them. But when the Lord sends you to somebody to allow the spirit to flow through you, to allow him to manifest through you, because this is not, the, the Bible read, 
read very clearly here. This is not the, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to select holy ones who have halos on their head. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to, to, to people who, uh, you know, feel the Spirit, get the goosebump on the third rib, and you can hear, they walk in the room, you can hear the organ music playing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, to each one, for the profit of all. And I want us to really get a hold of something here tonight. To go ahead and say, Lord, I don't just want your spirit flowing uh, because of what he can do in me. And boy, he can do a whole lot in you. But Lord, I want your spirit flowing because I want him to be able to move through me. Talk about the term being the hands and feet of Jesus. Well, I talk about this right here, that the Spirit of God manifesting himself through you can bring Jesus to people, can profit not some, but it is for the profit of all. Now let's look at verse 11 here once again. Verse 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things and he distributes to each one individually as he wills. Now, another thing, as far as a proper way of thinking that we should have about the, the manifestations or gifts of the Spirit, we cannot have this thought, well, this is my gift. Because that's not what it says. Now, you can have certain ways that God uses you more often than others. But you don't say, well, this is mine. Because if it's yours, then you just go ahead and pull it out and do whatever you want with it whenever you want to do something with it. But that's not the way these work. He distributes to each one. Each one can still be utilized. Each one can still be used. God can still flow through each one. But it doesn't happen as the each one wills. It happens as he wills. So that, that means that something may happen one time when you went into Walmart and you did something a certain way, being led by the Spirit, and you saw wonderful results. And then the next time you went into Walmart, <laughs> you tried to duplicate it. But that time it was you trying to manufacture it and it wasn't God moving on you to do something. Now, now you can go ahead and always pray for somebody. You can always speak the word to somebody, but as far as the, the, the manifestation of the spirit, that, 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 that's something that is not up to you when that happens. That's up to him when that happens, all right? So I just want to go ahead and say some things tonight that can help us, help bring some clarity to some things, you know, break down the, the paradigm, that li limited little box that would keep spiritual gifts in you know, in the context of someone standing up and saying, my little children, or, you know, whatever kind of church background you might have. Uh, you know, some, some have not had any introduction to that, and some have. But, but I, I just want to say that, that we want God to go ahead and be the one who, who sets, uh, sets, sets the, uh, the, the, the example of what something should look like rather than our own little church experience and we limit what God can do to this little box based on what we've experienced in life before. Thank you, Lord. What I want to do is I want to skip over Acts 20 and Acts 13. That's good stuff, but I know that we're not going to have time to really dig into that. And, and there's one other aspect of uh, the, the Holy Spirit's impact on our life that I'd like to get into tonight. And that is his ability to bring you revelation. Now, some people argue about the term revelation, saying, well, the, 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 the scripture has already been written 
and there is no more revelation as far as scripture. Scripture is written. Nobody's adding the 67th book to the 66 books of the Bible. But if you don't like the word revelation, maybe you like the word illumination. Where God can take something that already is written and put such a spotlight on it where it goes, woo! You like that old commercial, I could have had a V8? Man, I read that verse a thousand times, over and over and over again, heard that verse, and now I've heard it like I'd never heard it before. Like I said, boy, where have you been? Because now that verse comes alive. But here's the thing, I don't mind using the word revelation, because the Bible uses the word revelation. And I want to talk about this as a, a, a just a, a, another aspect of the way that the Holy Spirit impacts our lives. And part of what he wants to do to flow to you, but always remember that when he's revealing something to you that benefits you, he's looking to get more out of it than that. God's always multitasking, shall we say. <laughs> where he's not just saying, all right, I, I gave you, I, I revealed something to you, and now you're so blessed and fired up about it. But no, first of all, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to just be excited about it, or are you going to do what he's revealed? And then, are you just going to go ahead and be excited about it, or are you going to go ahead and look to pass that on to others and show others what the Lord showed you so they can get the same blessing and benefit out of it. Once again, even though that particular wording is not here in this context, we remember the wording in the last chapter we read, 1 Corinthians 12, about for the profit of all. God still into profiting not just you with something he gives to you, but with others through you. Amen. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2. Glory to God. And we're talking about somebody, if you're a, a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have absolutely fully dedicated yourself to him, I'm talking about you tonight. The spirit of God dwells inside of you. And he wants to go ahead and do these things in you bring these things to you and through you and to others. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. How has God revealed these things to us? Through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man. Except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God. Except the spirit of God. Now we have not received uh, now, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So now we see this, verse 10 says that the, uh, well actually verse 9 talks about eye is not seen and ear is not heard. And nor has it entered the heart of man the things God's got prepared for them to love him. And some people read that and stop right there and don't realize there's more to this. There's a, a that next verse starts with the word but. That next verse starts with two words, but God. I like verses that start with but God because that lets you know that he didn't leave you hanging in the condition of that previous verse. <laughs> yeah, come on, somebody. You, you are not left 
with your eyes having not seen and your ears having not heard and nor has it entered into the heart of man. He did not leave you there. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. And part of the role of the spirit of God in your life is to be revealer. Revealer of things that you've not seen and that you've not heard and that has not even yet entered into your heart. Hallelujah. Oh, get hungry, somebody. Get hungry, somebody. This is what he's got for you. And this is what he's got for for all of his children. Verse 12. Now we've received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, (laughs) that we might know. We've received the spirit who is from God. Why? That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. He is, uh, uh, he is in us to be able to show us, to be able to reveal the things to us that have been freely given to us by God. And I know this, there's so many followers of the Lord Jesus who do not know the things that they had freely given to them by God. So they're living on a certain level like they need to be living on that level when in reality they don't need to be living at that level. There's just things that they don't know. And God is not intentionally, purposefully withholding that from them. They've just not yet realized that I've got a book of God's revealed will for me. And then inside of me, I've got the very author of that book who is in me to take what the book says and reveal it to me and make sure I got a good education on what I have because of him. Hallelujah. His job is to reveal the things that I have not seen, ears not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, but he's also in there for this purpose. Glory to God, to show us the things that are freely given to us by God. Hallelujah. He's a revealer. Let's go to Ephesians 1. The Spirit of God who lives inside of you right now at this moment. Oh my. Sometimes we we just need to Uh, A mentor of mine would say it like this. Learn to be God inside minded. And what he means by that, I mean, you're not God. We know that. I'm not God. I definitely know that. But God, the Holy Spirit, is dwelling inside of you. And to become God inside minded is to have an awareness of his presence inside of you. You see, that right there will keep you from acting like any old ordinary Joe or Josette or Joanne. If you understand that, hey, that right there will have such a deep impact on you on your way of thinking, on your way of acting. You know, like like the old timers used to say, don't do that. Uh, You know, you wouldn't do that if Jesus was in the room. And you know, I'd rather just flat out tell people, Jesus is in the room. So, (laughs) you you know, rather than that being some kind of scenario, you just already know, he's already there. (laughs) But, but, but the, the idea uh, of us recognizing, glory to God, his presence inside of us. 
oh, this is huge. That's why I started tonight, even though I, I did not initially plan it, I knew we had to go to that verse, 1 John 4, 4, where it says, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them, them being the, the spirit of Antichrist in the world, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The greater one lives inside of you. The enemy's in the world. He's not greater. He's not greater. You might look at the condition of the world right now and you say, wow, it sure looks like uh, evil's winning and, uh, uh, you know, uh, or, or to, to remember a, a, a Patriot Super Bowl that ended on a happy note. It might feel like it's close to the end of the third quarter and, and evil's up 28 to 3. How many remember that one? Woo! Right now we say, oh, precious memories. <laughs> Let's rewatch the video. <laughs> but hey, I'll tell you this. Don't you fall for that for a minute. Evil is not winning. Evil's not winning. I said evil's not winning. Evil's not stronger. Evil's not greater. Greater is he. Oh, come on. Greater is he. Woo! Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Does somebody believe that tonight? I'll tell you, if there's a verse you quote to yourself every day, <laughs> hey, you, you look yourself in the mirror and say, greater is he who's in me than he that's in the world. The constant awareness of the indwelling presence of the Spirit of God inside of you. Wow. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, we're going to start with verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, which means this is a prayer. Paul is praying this for the church of the Ephesians, for all the followers of Jesus in the city of Ephesus, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Mm. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? These are the things he wants to reveal to you. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. This is the stuff he wants to reveal to you. Now keep on going. Far above. So Jesus, the Christ, has been raised from the dead and seated at the Father's right hand in the heavenly places. And that place is far above, verse 21, all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, here's one of the things that he wants to reveal. We're talking about Paul's praying very specifically. That the Father would give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And we understand that it's the very nature of the Holy Spirit to be a revealer. Not that he won't reveal other things to you. 
about your personal life, but right now we're talking about the way he will reveal the word to us, the way that he would reveal the things that are freely given to us of God, the way that he will reveal to us our position in Christ. Because here, as he's describing where Christ is, seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. But then he goes on to say that Jesus is the head of the church and that this church is his body. So that means if the church is his body, part of what he wants to reveal to you is that you and him are not disconnected. Like like, like Richard, if you walked into service and I, I want to say, well, here comes Richard and his body. Or I want to say, here comes Richard and his head. I'd say, here comes Richard. Because the body and the head connected together. Well, in the same way is Christ. Christ, the head, and the body connected together, which means that if he's there, seated in heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion, and he's the head of the body, and that head and body aren't disconnected, that means that we, the body of Christ, are there with him, seated in heavenly places, and far above principality and power and might and dominion. And the next chapter, if you keep on reading into Ephesians 2, makes it crystal clear when it says, that we died with him and we were buried with him and we were raised together with him and seated together with him in heavenly places. These are the kind of things that the spirit of wisdom and revelation wants to reveal to you. He wants you to know about who he is and what he's done, and he wants you to know about the very real current position that you have in Jesus Christ. Not so you can say, hey, look at me. It's never about that. It's always saying, look at him. Look at what he's done. Look at the the life that I get to live despite my failures, despite the mess that I once made of my life. Look at who I am because of Jesus. There's nothing I could have done to have saved myself, nothing that I could have done to to fill myself with the Holy Spirit, nothing I could have done to reveal anything to myself, but because of him, I received God's gift to the world, Jesus. And I came into this thing called the church, the the, the set-apart ones. And now as part of the church, I've received God's gift to the church, which is the Holy Spirit. And now I've received the gift of the Holy Spirit and I'm allowing the the gift to give gifts through me, the gift to operate his gifts through me. And now I'm also allowing the Spirit of God, the very writer of the word, the author of the word, who lives in me to take that word and to reveal it to me, to show me who he is, to show me the things he's freely given me, to help me to understand the way things work, because I can't figure it out by myself, but he's a revealer. And his intention is to not leave us in the dark. His intention is to bring us into the light. Hallelujah. Are you excited about that tonight? Praise the Lord. Boy, I tell you, there's so much we can talk about, but that's just a good place to say, praise the Lord, amen. And uh, I want to pray for us tonight. Lord, I thank you that uh, the the things that you planted in our hearts, Lord, it, it's, uh, uh, Lord, Lord that this is stirring us up. Oh, Lord, we want to be stirred up. <laughs> stirred up in the spirit. Stirred up regarding who you are 
and regarding your desire to manifest yourself through us and to reveal yourself to us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. May we not settle for a low level. May we not settle for just getting on by and acting like just any ordinary somebody when we realize that we're not ordinary and the reason why we're not is that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It's not us or anything we've ever done. It's he who dwells inside of us that makes us different. It's he who dwells inside of us that makes that distinction. Lord, I pray that that our spirits would be so aware and so sensitive to who you are and to who we have living inside of us that we would no longer operate on the same level, but we'd go deeper and further in you than we ever have before. In Jesus' name, hallelujah.